And now it's time for the Neighborhood Leafs Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Phil. And I'm Dan. And welcome back for another episode of the Neighborhood Leafs Podcast. Uh, first of all, we just want to apologize. We've been trying to get a pre- and post-game pod uh, out after every single game, just due to uh, Dan's family having some uh, toddler vomiting stuff going on, and me traveling to Montreal. We've been uh, unable to get together and record. Uh, so today we'll be doing a game four post-game, grade five post-game, and um, I guess game six pre-game, all into one wonderful mess of podcast. Um, so Dan, let's just start off by talking about you know the bad. So game four, uh, Leafs lost Leafs lost five to four. Uh, what were your big takeaways from that game? Well, I think um, it, the the Leafs and the Bruins were okay with just having a track meet, yeah. and in the playoffs, it's not really an ideal thing to be going after. You know, the the Bruins do have some star power as well. It was. It was here on home ice, which which was unfortunate. We had the matchups we wanted, but Anderson looked um, normal. He just looked like an average goaltender in that game. The you know the game winning goal is one he probably wants back. Um, but then, you know, if we flip flip it to the next game real quick, you could see that they you know they turned everything around, right? And and Anderson, as we talked about, I think before game four was he needs to be the Conn Smythe MVP, and in game four he wasn't. Yeah, like uh, through the first. Uh, three game, uh, three pregame shows we've done. We t- we really highlighted the importance of of special teams and h- how that would be the difference uh, in, in the series. And to me, there were big two big takeaways from from game four. And the first one was that um, if you don't execute on special teams, so you you, you, don't, you don't do well in the PK and you don't take advantage of your opportunities in the power play, you're going to have a really, really hard time succeeding. Uh, the Leafs did get a power play goal, uh, but this, the game looks really, really different if they're able to capitalize on a few of their uh, power play opportunities early in the game. And again, if they're able to close out those two-minute uh, PKs uh, and not just kill off the first uh, minute 45, uh, the game looks a lot different. And like you mentioned, uh, Freddie, not that he played bad, but he had, for the first time in the series, he had maybe a goal or two that he would have liked to take back. And that goes a long way. The other big thing that, game four reinforced for me is that like the 2018, 2019 Maple Leafs are still there. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad sense. I just mean that they can, they put such a high emphasis on defense uh, through the first few games that we forget that the offensive juggernaut that can, you know, run and gun and score with the best of them is still there. So when the game did open up in the third period, you saw the Leafs were able to mount a comeback and uh, almost make a game of it. Yeah, and I think Matthews, like, this has been his coming out party that we've been, you know, hoping for. Yeah, uh, I think he's got four goals and an assist through five games. So, so I think being at a point-per-game uh, pace in the playoffs is certainly nothing to, uh, to, to argue or to complain about. Uh, so I think, you know, going forward as we look to, you know, one more game, possibly two more games in the series – how he and a few of the other Leaf players close out the series is going to have a big influence on over what the result is going to be. Um, so after game four, we ended up tied 2-2, uh, which I think is where a lot of people yeah, thought that they would be. And I also think that if, as Leaf fans, we had been able to just you know hit a button and bring us there, a lot of Leaf fans would have been okay with that, just considering how we've started uh, series against Boston in the past. Um, 
were you optimistic going into game five? And again, it's 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 hard to be truly you know unbiased about this because we have uh, right. The hindsight, we know, we, we know what happened. But like, what were your feelings going into game five? I think it was. Uh, I guess you know you're kind of nervous because game five, that's where home ice advantage takes over again, right? Yeah. So you're now the Leafs are going back to Boston, a town that they have not done the greatest in, and where the fans like that, like they they really bring their team up. Like the city yeah. of Boston makes their teams better. So I think it was kind of nerve-wracking. You're hoping that the Leafs had the exact kind of game they had. They kept it tight. It almost seemed like both teams were very nervous. Like they didn't want to give up that first goal. Very tentative hockey. And then, which, you know, the 2018-19 Leafs, that can score, they did it when they needed to, right? And Matthew stepped up, got a, you know, beauty goal that, thank God, they didn't call back. But it was also, uh, they killed off a couple of really weak penalties. Um, like that Hyman trip, which, which like he lifted, he held the guy's stick down. It's not a penalty at all. Yeah, and it, it, when you uh, when you compare it to Game Two, right, which the refs really put their whistles away, right, selectively, and, and let the, the, both teams just kind of get away with whatever they want until suddenly things got out of hand, and they were like, "Why is this our fault?" Yeah, um, it, it was a big contrast, and I I don't like the ticky tacky penalties in the playoffs, uh, but if you're gonna you know, set the tone early. It just got to be consistent. And yeah. I, I understand that uh, sometimes referees make mistakes, but like normally when you do see that, that, that phantom call, right. There's normally some sort of makeup call or something like yeah. that. I, I really felt like what I expected after seeing the Hyman penalty was to, to see, you know, again, there, there were lots of opportunities that were just as egregious or lack thereof uh, over the first period. They could have evened out that call. And, and again, as much as it, it's so much fun to complain about refereeing, uh, one thing that I've learned by kind of being on Twitter during all, all the different playoff games is that every single fan base thinks they're getting screwed constantly. That's true. Um, and it, we really had highlighted that power play opportunities would be a big thing for the Leafs. The Leafs really didn't get any. So, like, right there, if, if you had told me they're going to get one power play opportunity and, and they're not going to score on it, I would have thought, okay, well, it's going to be tough sledding for that game. Yeah, but they, and that was the game we've been talking about. I think we talked about it before game four, that that should be the game Anderson stole, and he had an average game, and he turned it around, and like, he kind of stole that game. Yeah, and yeah, I guess so. Like, I didn't feel like he was like, – there were, there were a few saves that he made that were big saves, but I, I think that the Leafs didn't put themselves in a position where he needed to save their ass, right? Like, right. Bab- Mike Babcock talked about uh, that when the Leafs were playing like a machine, right? When, when, when they were, you know, when they were forechecking, when they were coming back in their own zone, when, when players were now just playing a part and not necessarily just being a group of players, that we would know the Leafs were where, where he wanted them to be. And like, that's really the impression that I got from that game. Um, you, you saw it specifically on, on the second goal uh, where, you know, Hainsey gets the puck on, on, on the midboards, and he has the option to kind of like force it through the Bruins defender at the blue line, try and send it around behind the net and cause a 50-50 puck battle. But instead, he just holds that puck for that one extra second. Quick little pass to Matthews. Matthews, quick little pass to Riley. And then they're off, and, and they have numbers. And yeah, that was a great little play. So, so like, I, I think that that is something that, the Leafs weren't doing earlier on in the season. And if you look at just the, the shot opportunities that they gave up, I think they kept it under 30. That That's huge. And, and as much, pardon me, as much as I was anxious and nervous watching that third period, 
um, it wasn't chip it out and then get back and defend, right? They, they, they did a good job of keeping the pressure up through the third period and not just, not essentially not tempting the hockey gods to make them collapse, right? Like they, they, they really tried to be in command of their own fate yeah. and kept, kept pressuring, kept, kept trying to keep the puck in their own zone. And, you know, they did make it anxious late with this few of those icings and, um, you know, giving the the Bruins an opportunity to, to, to rest up and stuff like that. But in the end, it's no matter what controversies or whatever there was, it's a two to one game. And so, do you think that goal is goaltender interference? Were you nervous? Uh, I was like, let me put it this way: I when Matthew scored, I was getting ready to tweet things out on the account, and I, I, I held back because I was expecting that goal to come back. Um, me too. We're, based on what they've they've called weaker goaltender interference penalties. Yeah. But- and, and like I, 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 you know, they want goals. Exactly. And in my opinion, I don't think it's goaltender interference. He's standing outside of the crease. Rask pushes him too, right? Like he barely touches him. That's he didn't really interfere with his ability to stop the puck. And it, we we've accepted that it that it's just this like fifty fifty proposition that like no Especially one when Matthew scores. What's going to happen? Matthews has gotten so many goals taken away. Yeah. The Leafs, I think, are zero for seven on challenges this year. So like, there's. There was a lot of reasons to think it wasn't going to go our way. Um, I would have wouldn't have been surprised if it hadn't. And then what about um, the Bruins goal? You think that's offside? Well, then that's clearly offside too. So I, I think. Did you, the one, did you know? I didn't know that the I didn't know that the league would call down for stuff like that. Like in the NFL, I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah, in the last minute, um, it's kind of yeah. annoying in the sense that the Bruins got to rest all their players. I would have them rather just call it a goal. It's a goal. Like they were tired. Those guys got to play another. Yeah, shit. exactly. So, like, and again, it would really would have created a really interesting moral dilemma for for Mike Babcock because uh, what would have happened if if say they get that replay and they they know it's a really really close play and they challenge it, um, then it's do you accept a two one game with forty five seconds left and a tired team, right, or do you take a risk at a two nothing game, right, the chance that it could be a two one game with Boston on the power play. Right. Oh, yeah, because it's a penalty, right? Because it would have been offside. So yeah. I, I think in that in that scenario, I would have just said, okay, 45 seconds. Just yeah, we can score. kill this off, boys. Yeah. Right? Because uh, <laughs> this is risk versus reward. But I, I think both plays were 50-50. I think the league got both calls wrong. Yeah. Um, so, it, but in the end, you got to just say it's a wash and say, you know what, Boston, you can gripe. Like, you guys got the advantage of the whistle. Yeah, maybe that should have been a goaltender interference call. But, you know, Toronto gave you back one because the, the, there's a way more interpretation in a goalie interference penalty than there is an offside. Yeah. Offside's pretty black and white, and that there are many pictures going around. That you, you, hi, you clearly see that Marshawn was offside. Right. I love that picture that was going around. You know, Leafs are griping. Clearly, he's onside, and you see someone's photoshopped the blue line, <laughs> so, so that it's like squared off and and, and ahead of Marchand. Um, but again, we, we can gripe about refereeing, about video replay, about whatever it is. You know, Matthews has stepped up. Uh, Anderson's yeah. been the player we needed to, and like really, the Leafs defense has been not exemplary, but they, they've done a really, really good job. And that's you know, while carrying uh, Jake Gardner, who. He, he wasn't terrible, but he's clearly playing a little tentative. Um, he's not himself, and which is maybe that's okay for the first round against the Bruins. We don't want it. Whatever his self has been has been bad in the first round against the Bruins. Exactly. I'm still waiting for that plus, plus five game six. Yeah, it's going to exactly. happen. 
Um, yeah, and again, just uh, before we move on to game six, just a, a shout out, a congratulations to, to Jake Buzzin who, who brought a baby into the world. Um, and I think, you know, it gave him, it, having a, a daughter now made life stand still for him because that, that Matthews goal, like I, I think he's like, oh, I'm going to blast the, oh, I got space. I yeah, got space. I'm going to take a stride. I'm going to take another stride. And look, oh, look, Austin. Like, he, it looks like he had so much time to just think to himself and like, <laughs> la, la, la. And then, that the way that goal, I, the way that goal came together is like when I play NHL online, like how the goals come together. Where you kind of see the things develop, <laughs> right. and him opening up. I'm like, oh, he's gonna pass it there. He's gonna pass it there. <laughs> just to give you guys some context, so I, I'm at my dad's house in in uh, just north of Montreal right now. So again, after the game, I did go out and you know jump around a little bit in the streets, but I, I was quite alone. <laughs> uh, not not a lot of uh, Maple Leafs fans where I am. Just um, you and the dog. Just me and the dog. Yeah, I've started a tradition where between every before the game, after the game, and every intermission, I walk the dog. And since I started that, they've won every single game. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna be doing that again this afternoon. And it was pouring rain last time, and I still did it because you know we all got to make sacrifices for Lord Stanley. Um, okay, so let's shift things to Game Six. Uh, it, it's been well talked about over the last few days, but Leafs have their uh, first opportunity in 15 years to make it to the second round to win a series um and i think it's like first time in about 30 years to actually win it at home um Uh, what do you think that would mean to the city of toronto dan and uh to the city of toronto i think it's huge right because us as fans you know it's, it's been a long time coming and the leafs have you know, they've had opportunities in game sixes in the past to win, and they haven't. They've also had opportunities to come back, and they've forced game sevens. So to us, it would be a sense of relief. But I just hope as a team that they're not trying to carry the last 15 years on their backs tonight and that they're just realizing that they have nothing to do with the past. Some of these guys played here last year, yes, so they're looking for revenge, but they're not doing it for the like the last 15 years for all of us. right? Like Otherwise, that, that tightens the sticks, that – cost you that, you know, game that Jake Gardner tightened, you know, he had that bad game probably because so much pressure on himself. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I I think the blueprint for success is there in games one, game three, and game five, right? When the Leafs have locked in defensively and have stuck to their game plan, uh, they have been able to to be successful. So I think now you're going to have the the home crowd behind you, but – you want to play as boring of a hockey game as possible. Yeah, I think right? the first you know ten minutes or so will be like a real testament because the Leafs got to keep their emotions in check. The Bruins are going to come hard, and the and you got to put the fans out of you know out of your mind and not get all caught up in whatever's going on. Yeah, and I, I know it's going to be a you know a tape on repeat, but again, taking advantage of of your power play opportunity is going to be so huge. Um, you're the. Toronto crowd is going to be lit. People are going to be so excited. Boston's going to come out, and but like you saw it in the in the Blues and Jets game yesterday, if you can come out and get an early goal, right, that makes the mountain to climb that much more difficult, and gets the crowd that much more raucous. And and the blueprint is there, and I really hope they could bring it home. I think that if you get it to Game Seven, it's a coin flip. And yeah. you know you don't, we we can't afford that again, right? We, we no one wants to go through that, right? So I, I think the the best case scenario is obviously that that they win, that they execute. Um, there are still a few players that have yet to have their their Toronto moments. Um, you know, I, I think you know John Tavares is going to be being looked to to have a big game. Uh, I, I think that 
because it's at home and we can c- control the matchups. I, I think that, you know, that third line with Brown and Willie and, and Marlowe, really everything is set up for the Leafs to just go out and take it. It's not going to be easy, but if they continue to do what they have been successful for over the last uh, five games, then they have the pieces in place and they just need, just need to go grab it. Yeah. Special teams will be big tonight. Yeah. And, uh, Oh, I want it so bad, Dan. <laughs> Me too, buddy. I just want it so bad. Um, again, things for, for tonight, for this afternoon's game uh, are, are out of our hands. Um, let, let's look at the things that we can control. How's your bracket looking? My bracket sucks. I'm pretty sure the only one I've gotten right is St. Louis winning. Yeah, My me too. Everything but that series, though. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your wife's bracket was, 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 was wonderful. <laughs> Uh, that's what happens when you pick, pick a, your bracket based on the logos you like the best. Yeah, exactly. um, no, yeah, mine was also terrible. I think I picked St. Louis to make it through, but everything else I've gotten wrong. Uh, and to be honest, uh, depending on which bracket I talk about, because I filled out more than one, but the one we filled out for this podcast, if, if the Leafs win tonight uh, or this afternoon, I, that series is also wrong. So, um, yeah, what a weird playoffs. What a weird playoffs. I, I think they were... Uh, I read a stat. Matthews has more goals than uh, Stamkos, Kucherov, Crosby, Malkin, Kessel. Wow! Like essentially, like eight super, eight superstars together had four. Wow. And again, like they didn't play a lot of games and everything like that. But that it's a crazy, crazy, crazy stat. Well, the the path to the Stanley Cup, if you're any team, not just the Leafs, if you're Washington, like the path to the Stanley Cup is wide open now. Oh yeah, and I think, but you know what? It's good. Like I think that. The, the Washington Pittsburgh storyline. The, the there there are so many teams that kind of when you end up with a sport where it's the same teams all the time. I feel it, yeah. it, it makes it harder for the general fan to, to to be into things, right? Like the the NBA, right? Yeah, I'll watch the I'll watch the NBA finals, but in terms of tracking every round, like when you when you can predict what the results is going to be, it's not really interesting. Yeah, uh, you, you want to see this the emotional swings. You want to see the, the the breakout players, and again, when it's scripted, that's not the case. Uh, I think the real question though was like, what the hell is the regular season for? <laughs> right. You see like uh, number one and number two teams knocked out already. Uh, if the Leafs were to win tonight, number three team would be knocked out. Um, yeah. Um, I think it was Pierre Lebrun made a good point about, um, you know, now like the league is, there's so much parity in the league that there should be like a play in teams like seven, eight, nine, and 10 do like a best two out of three to, to play in for to now, now making first place. Like you actually have an advantage. Because these other teams are going to come in a little bit tired. Yeah. No. Yeah. But but you know what? Like, I think there's there's merit to that plan. Uh, it's there's a reason why in the MLB the ML, the, the play in teams generally go further in the playoffs than some of the other ones because they build up that momentum and they're playing desperation baseball. Yeah. Look at uh, Columbus, right? They've been playing playoff hockey for a month. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think that's they will revisit the system a little bit more when when Seattle comes in and we go to a more balanced schedule and 32 teams and things like that. Right. Um, but yeah, well, what a time to be a hockey fan. The games have been so good. Um, I, I really hope that tomorrow, I guess when I'm back in Ontario and we get together and, and record slash break down the series or preview game seven, uh, we are, get to spend some more time pondering are the Leafs Canada's team. Um, and <laughs> people say, no, fuck them. Leafs are going right. to be going according to that poll, right? In, in that case. But again, let's not uh, count our eggs before they hatch. Our chickens before they hatch. Um, you feeling it for this afternoon, Dan? 
Yeah, and uh, like, I'm not sure what the Leafs' is, uh, afternoon record is, but you know, I'm just hoping like I just, I, there's, there's no reason for them to lose. The Leafs have played one afternoon game all season. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh wow! Uh, and, and I think Boston's played like twelve or something like okay. that. But, but well, again, for a game like this, there, there's nothing routine about it. I think everyone throws up before the game, right? So, yeah, they should be ready. So everyone will be ready uh, again. The, like we said before, the game plan is there. The blueprint for success is there. Uh, it's just how bad do you want it? And uh, Toronto fans, either you be uh, watching it, watching the game at your in-laws' house where you're at Maple Leaf Square, you're in at a bar, whatever it is, just be loud. And if they win, don't flip any cars over. Yeah, that would be stupid, Toronto. Yeah, exactly. But we do give you permission to walk down to stop traffic on, on Young Street. And yeah, of course. So go, go Leafs, go chance. Let's just be civil about it. Um, okay, guys. So uh, I think that's a great place to leave it off. So. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening, guys. If you uh, you know like the podcast, you got any feedback for us, uh, feel free to send us a, a comment uh, on Twitter at Leafs PC. Sorry, Friendly Leafs PC uh, on the Instagram, Dan. Friendly Neighborhood Leafs. And uh, again, like, subscribe, uh, review, whatever it might be on on the whatever podcast platform you use. Um, so, guys, as always, it's great to uh, chat Leafs with you guys. My name is Phil, and I'm Dan. Thank you for listening to the Neighborhood Leafs podcast. We'll see you around the neighborhood. Go Leafs, go.